0: My eyesight is really very poor, so I can't read, but what has happened is with my eyesight diminishing, my insight has gotten better, and that's kind of exciting to me.
1: This is Crow's Feet, a place where we ponder the question, are these our golden years or does aging just suck? Well, yes, getting older is not for the faint-hearted, But aging also brings wisdom and humor, a finely tuned perspective on life. In our podcast, you'll meet writers and others rethinking our later years, people who inspire us to reimagine our future.
2: Hi, I'm Jane Trombley, host of today's Crows Feet Podcast. Our guest is Dr. Gladys McGarry, who, now at one hundred and three, is going strong despite diminished eyesight. Dr. Gladys, as she is known, is the author of A Well-Lived Life, published earlier this year. It's both a guide and a reflection with sharp insights into the secrets of aging into health, setting boundaries, self-love and gratitude, learning from one's experiences, and letting go. For those of us over 50, it's welcome encouragement that can enrich our lives. We'll put relevant links in the show notes. Welcome to Crow's Feet, Dr. Gladys. You open your book with the story of finding your juice. Help us understand what you mean by juice. How do you define it?
0: The reason it's difficult to define is because it has to be a personal thing. If it's not my juice, uh, I can't give my son juice, although I can share mine with him. He has to find his own juice. And I think that's the trick here is that the idea is to be able to contact that inner aspect of ourselves and get acquainted with it so that we know what it is that makes us uh, feel like it's worthwhile, makes it want, makes us want to laugh or sing or whatever it is. It's that inner awareness that each one of us have, which make us special. And if I tried to tell you, what your juice is, first of all, I couldn't do it. Secondly, I would be diminishing both yours and mine. It's that individual aspect of each one of us that makes us very important right now at this moment. It's a matter of really accepting the fact that each one of us is who we are, and no one else can take that place. You know, we can try to copy other people and find our juice. And that's okay. You can do what you need to do to find your juice, but um, it's it's yours.
2: I was taken in the book's dedication about you remind the reader that you are here for a reason. And I think that older people fret about that a bit, uh, that they've lost their purpose. Can you talk about how you get your juice?
0: Well, just by being aware of it, you know, when you get aware of the urge within yourself that says, do this, and you actually step ahead and do it, it's like, wow, look at what you can do. I can't walk without my walker. Not not really, I can, but I can, you know, I'm a wobbly, but with my walker, I get around. But on the tricycle, I can really go right down my walkway out to the street. It may not be like it was when I was young and at eighty six when I went to Afghanistan. But,
2: <laughs> but you know, it's it's amazing. I would also suspect that you're never one is never too old to find that juice absolutely. I didn't really
0: accept my voice until I was ninety three. I'd been doing talks I'd written. I had done I believed all of that thing, all the things I was saying. But I still second guessed myself. I wanted someone else to tell me, yeah, what you said was right, you know, because my damage way back when, when I was in first grade, that I was a dumbbell, dyslexia thing in my past, that would always sneak in, you know, and would come in and say, well, are you sure? And then I'd have to reaffirm and, and go on. But I was 93 before I found that out.
2: That is a very hopeful message for all of us who are older and, you know, as they say, haven't gotten the memo. I want to keep going on this and ask you, when you say one is aging into health, I'm sort of looking for what that is that you you mean by that.
0: This I really accept as a fact that parts of our physical body that kind of get worn down, you know, yeah. after a few years. And for me, it's my eyes so i can't read now but i can listen to audio books and i can i can have other people tell me things and i can hear but i have hearing aids to help with that and i have glasses to help with what i can see but what i can't see i can't see however my eyesight might be diminished but not my insight things that i could do when i was 50 a lot of those things I can't do now, but there are a lot of things I can do. And the ones that I can do are um, at a different, almost a different dimension. It's not quite, but it's almost like a shift in the consciousness of the people that I'm talking to, of the, of the things that I'm thinking myself. The things, the thoughts and the and the opportunities like this that are showing up now which never in my wildest dreams would have been available to me. I figured out at this stage of my life, my job is to keep my body healthy
2: and my mind clear enough that I don't get tangled up with my own whatevers. So you've aged aged into this wisdom. You've aged into the confidence that you have something to say. We were just talking about finding the juice. You know what it does? I just got this it reinforces what I've been saying. You know,
0: I could, my eyes could tell you about, but they can't. But now my insight reinforces what I've been saying right along.
2: And, and I think women, if I'm understanding you correctly, have an appreciation of, of self-love, which is another thing I know that you've, you've written about and probably one of my favorite chapters in your book is is that role of self love uh not being prideful but bursting with gratitude
0: the sad part of our human history for me has been that we have diminished that important aspect of ourselves we have stopped trying to love ourselves as we love other people we've stopped understanding that it is a blessing uh, an honor a amazing thing that we're on this dimension <laughs> years ago my oldest daughter and I were doing a lecture and after the lecture they asked me the question which they asked a lot how do you live your life? what do you have to share with me you know and uh, I was trying to kind of up with something cute and clever and so on I was just well it's uh and I got the elbow from my daughter she says, Oh mom you do so no you dwell in gratitude i said oh yeah yeah
2: your thoughts about the role of self love and how important it is and how you really can't love someone else until you can love yourself was eye opening i also realized the inextricable connections between life and love
0: you know i have these five l's that i talk about and the first two are they go together they they don't really exist without each other. Life and love are a unit, like a pregnancy. In the scheme of things, life and love are one unit. They belong together. But the third one is laughter. Laughter without love is cruel. It's mean. It breaks up families. It causes wars. It's just really, really hard. But laughter with love, is joy and happiness. The fourth one is labor. Labor without love is drudgery. You know, I gotta go to work. Uh, You just drag yourself through it. But labor with love is bliss. You are able to spend 10 times as much energy when you move into that space where it's, it's what you really, really want to do It's not dragging yourself through the process. You need to do this. You have to do this. It's there. So labor with love is not drudgery. With love, it becomes bliss. Yes. And the fifth one is listening. Listening without love is empty sound. But if we actually listen to the Essence of what these great teachers, through the eons of time, have bringing to us about our true humanity, we can listen, and listening then doesn't become empty sound; it becomes understanding.
2: I totally agree. I think we can only truly understand when we listen. A line I jotted down from your book was. We are happiest and healthiest when we are contributing to and drawing from our collective life force. Particularly as we get older, I think it resonates, but sometimes those connections get a little overwrought. Reading about your setting boundaries was really helpful. You were the co founder of the American Holistic Health Association and a board certified physician, yet, you faced some biased thinking that tested your professional boundaries.
0: Well, yeah, you know if we allow other people's boundaries to uh really stop the work or the joy that we have been given to do then we are not honoring the boundaries the love the concern the purpose for which we have come in to this um dimension when when we understand that we are individuals, we are who we are, which is different from who anybody else is. And that's a good thing. Well, I kind of knew that because that's kind of what my parents taught me and my brothers and sisters taught me and so on. All the time after we started the American Holistic Medical Association and we're doing the things that we were doing, I would get called back into it the um county medical association's disciplinary board and have to go through trying to explain what it was that i was trying to explain which um they probably weren't listening to or something so this one day i sat through that and um accepted the disciplinary action and and left and i was walking out into the hallway and one of these Uh, doctors came up behind me and he says to to me now let me tell you something honey and I turned around and I said I pushed him and I pushed him on his shoulder I said you do not call me honey I'm your peer age wise and professional and you will not call me honey and I turned around my lawyer was doubled up on the (laughs) wall he was laughing so hard the, the the physician turns around and walks back in. Three years later, I was called back in to this you know same thing, and this same doctor came up to me and he was nice as pie. He treated me with all kind of respect and so on. There comes a time sometimes when a certain light bulb comes in and you understand that there's boundaries here. And that I had to identify that and let him know that he just couldn't manifest something that I was manifesting.
2: <laughs> and and actually, that brings us to the other topic I wanted to circle back uh, to, which is that everything in your teach is your teacher. Every setback, every reversal, every honor, uh, everything has taught you something. And I guess that's what you're saying about somebody who's 73. They've only got 73 years of of learning. You learn from
0: your mistakes, too, because you make a mistake and, and you, you have within yourself the need to correct it. But maybe you don't. You know, maybe it's something that just at that time was important and you just have to let that go. That time it was the right thing to do. And other times, it's like my story about when I was 99 and I'd had my 90 on its birthday party. And I'm in the grocery store after the party and I'm putting my uh, things into my car, from my cart into my car. And an elderly gentleman comes by and he says, Oh, may I help you? I said, No, no, I can do this. Well, he stands himself up straight and he says, Well, I'm 86 and i turned around and looked at him and i said and i'm 99 and i marched off and got into my car and i sat down and said to myself you nasty old lady just trying to be nice and you treated him that way you better get you know i'm i'm self talking get in the grocery store and apologize to him that's a, you know you he needs an apology and then i got to thinking about what it was no don't don't build on it Oh, because that is really funny it was just the two of us and I thought to myself you know he's going to go home and he said to his wife a nasty old woman <laughs> <laughs> you know learning something like that that sometimes the things that we've done we can spend a lot of time putting energy into the fact that we wish we hadn't done it but that gives it strength Take it for what it's worth. And actually, a week before my mother died, my dad and I were sitting out on the porch and looking at the garden. And She says to my dad, look at that petunia bush. It's got at least 400 blossoms on it. And my dad says, oh, Beth doesn't have more than 40. And she looks at him and she says, what's another zero? (laughs) You know, it's it's that kind of uh, learning that you can... Put into the things that you've done and said and been to make it, for one thing, laughable, or another thing, just it just isn't worth putting all that energy in.
2: And that actually reminds me of the story you wrote about. One of my favorite things is how you came to your Be Glad license plate um, when you were at a low point in life. And well, uh,
0: Bill had just asked for a divorce after 46 years of marriage, and I was blindsided, totally uh I was I was broken. I was really broken. My youngest daughter and I had started a practice of our own, but you know, I was still just uh, I was shattered. But I'm riding home in my car and I'm yelling. I'm 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 really screaming at the universe. You know, how can this happen? All that we did, and I was rebuilding the old story. And fi- finally I pulled off to the side of the road and the words came to me. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. And the be glad hit me like, <laughs> you know, all of a sudden I thought, well, that's you. You be glad. So, um, I went home and I took my license plate and I changed it from the one that it was to be glad. And I, used that same license plate the rest of the time I was practicing here in Phoenix. And even after, because I figured now every time I get into my car, I'm reminded that I needed to be glad. Not only that, but when I'm driving this car, everybody behind me is going to see the be glad. So it was a matter of of taking what was And turning it into not only just a lesson, but a lifetime process that helped me take the next steps that I had to go through.
2: You're listening to Dr. Gladys McGarry, author of A Well-Lived Life, a 102-year-old doctor's six secrets to health and happiness at any age. If you like what you've heard, please follow or subscribe to the Crow's Feed podcast. We'll let you know when a new episode is available. Your last chapter talks about spending your energy wildly, something adolescents often do. You know, we talked before about how there's some commonality between adolescents and their concerns about the future, about their independence. Older people are concerned about their future, about giving up their independence. Talk to us a little bit about, for older people, how they, maybe they act like teenagers in spending their energy Uh, wildly what does that mean for an older person
0: first of all you can't bank it you know it's not like money money you can put in the bank and you can feel secure that you have enough money but this juice stuff you have to use it because it has to be alive it has to move and if it, it doesn't that's what dies it just can't keep going If we don't give it juice, if we don't give it the attention, if we don't give it the honor, if we don't think about what we have done to our older people, we've stuck them in wheelchairs, put them in nursing homes and medicated them so that they don't have to feel anything. Well, some of the pain that we feel as we get older is very helpful because um, my knees are weak enough when I come upstairs, I have to hang on to the railing in order to come upstairs. Now, if I'm foolish and don't want to do that because I'm I'm strong enough to do, you know, that that ain't smart. It's not allowing my juice to flow where it can. If we can look at who and what we can do, not at what we can't do, then we are able to see how that. Is actually something that could grow. We can put our energy into allowing that aspect of ourselves, which is available now. Which you know, I used to run up and down these steps when I was just (laughs) seventy. Now I have to drag myself up the steps, but I do it, and I do it one step at a time. And um, every so often, my son has to help
2: me, but you know. Thank God for him. But you're doing it. Regardless of whether you have help, you're out there, darn it. But let's talk about youth and your concerns or your advice to young people as as they look to their own futures and they spend their juice and they learn their lessons and they, you know, their lessons in life. What are your thoughts? What would you say to this?
0: Well, first of all, I advise you to, to if you don't have any older people like grandparents who you respect and, and honor and work with, or uh, you don't have any older people into in your life, look around and see if you can find some. Because there are a lot of older people who have amazing stories. I, I've thought what we should have at a foot of the bed of a person who is not, you know, not responding or something thing like that because they they've moved into dementia or whatever. We ought to have a life history, or something at not just their uh, vital signs and all. I mean, those are important, but but this person has done a whole lifetime of something, and they and they're like a a book that has these stories to tell. That if the if the young kids would begin to listen to what their older ones are saying, there's a lot of juice and a lot of fun in those. Yes. So what I'm saying is that old folks have stories like that, that, you know, we didn't have things like you. had I never had a telephone when I was in school until uh, we came to the States. There, There are amazing things that have happened in the past, and we're connected, you know. And the beauty of this is that when you reach out to an old person, You're going to increase your juice, but think what you're going to do to them. And you're letting them know you want to hear something that they have to say. So if there is some old person, no matter what you consider old, it might be 58, but they've got experiences there to share with you that will not only make you laugh sometimes, make you cry sometimes, but make you really, really grow.
2: That's beautiful. Thank you so much. What what a wonderful piece of advice. Um, Let me just tell you one other thing.
0: You know Elizabeth Kubler Ross, who did the amazing work with death and dying. Mm-hmm. You know her dream was that homes where old folks were living had next door to them a kindergarten. She taught us about death and dying, and that was important to her. And it was important to her to look for what was going on for the old folks. But she also was looking at the kindergarten kids who were running around and just spreading their juice the way they were supposed to, and giving old folks the joy of watching that and and touching it. We are putting so much energy into the word longevity, the business of living long lives, and I think that's wonderful. But I think if we can put the energy into the process of doing that, which is love and letting your life move and not getting stuck and letting go of the stuff that doesn't matter and you let it go.
2: And, and it makes the longevity worthwhile.
0: Oh, it makes it a wow.
2: Yeah, makes it a wow. <laughs> Thank you. Thank yeah. you very much. I've, I've loved talking with you and wish you well. Well, keep it up. Thank you so much. You've been listening to Dr. Gladys McGarry on Crowsfeet. I'm Jane Trombley. I would like to thank the Crowsfeet podcast team, Nancy Peckenham, our founder, Rich Halton, our sound engineer and designer, Nancy Franklin, our marketing and public relations expert, and the Crowsfeet writers and editors who make up our team, Betsy Allen, Lee Bench, Jean-Ann Dyson, Melinda Blau, Jan M. Flynn, and Warren Turner. The Crow's Feet original theme music was composed and performed by Rand Bishop.
1: Thanks for joining us on this episode of Crow's Feet, Life as We Age. Don't miss any of our great stories. Subscribe to Crow's Feet wherever you get your podcasts, and be sure to tell your friends and family to give a listen too, and leave a rating or review. You can read more Crow's Feet stories online at medium.com forward slash crows hyphen feet. So until next time, remember to savor every moment. As an unknown person said, it's important to have a twinkle in your wrinkle. How about making friends with your Crow's Feet?